It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. It is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra and people. Welcome back to the show. We just want to say, you know, first of all, just say thank you, thank you, thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. We are, we're, we're paying attention, people. You guys have gotten our attention. You've been checking us out on, on, on the audio side, wherever you download your podcast. We really appreciate you for yes. that. And make sure you continue to download that bad boy. And once you download it and realize that we're probably the greatest thing since sliced bread, Mm-hmm. Want to give us a five star <laughs> review so all your friends, your auntie, your cousins, your mom and them, all of them, so they can understand what we got going down here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We're not the only show here. We have Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, A to Z with yes. Zeno, oh, and we're trying yes. to make that push towards 2,000 subscribers. We're up over 1,700 right now, Woo. and we appreciate you for liking and subscribing to our YouTube page. So, yeah, go ahead, go to YouTube. Drop in that Locked On Sports Atlanta in the search box. We'll pop right up. And as soon as you start watching, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. We got a lot of good stuff coming up for you today. Some unfortunate news. Braves get the win. But some unfortunate news about one of the key players, one of the major players going Mm -hmm. down. We'll talk about what that means for the Atlanta Braves going forward. Secondly, the Atlanta Hawks making front office moves. What does this this mean? Big picture. Did Mm -hmm. Travis Schlank need some help? And last but not least, and for the culture, man, Steve Curry used to bust heads back in the day, and it's the anniversary of something like that. We'll talk about that and what that means for the NBA Finals. All of that coming up on For the Culture. But before we get there, the Atlanta Braves, Ozzy Albies goes down. Um, um, Dave O'Brien tweeted out not too long ago that He's going to be added to the 60-day DL. And Orlando Arcia was the guy who um, filled in for him um, last night. Um, but I, I think that it's going to take uh, several people to kind of mm-hmm. fill that void, so to speak. Uh, and, and I don't think it's necessarily going to look to the person who actually fills in for him, T. But right. I think it's going to take a, a group of people or a couple of people to kind of fill that void that Ozzy Albies is leaving right now. Yeah, I, I feel like the same. And the thing about it is... The good news is whether you look, and there are a couple different ways, right? Because we've spoken about him actually just yesterday talking about how the fact that in Major League Baseball, there's really not a Batman and Robin per se, the way we talk about it in basketball. But if there was, it definitely would be like an Acuna Jr. And then Ozzy would have been that Robin, that person who is, you know, low key, isn't looking for the recognition. But when you look into it, he's so much more than just the numbers would dictate as we saw last year and him being a critical piece of the Braves getting that world championship, right? And this year, there he is just starting to, you know, get get going. Mm -hmm. And now this, but Marcelo Zuna showed a little something last night. So it's like, okay, maybe he's waking up or peaking at the right time. Adam Duvall is another one who is starting to peak at just the right time. So as much as you hate to see Ozzy go down because you hear that he was a, he's a different kind of leader, but still in the void of a Freddie Freeman, if you will, he's one of those guys who was a leader 
in the locker room and, and the leader in the bullpen, you know, just um, a leader for this, this entire team. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's in the dugout. And that's something that I think you can't necessarily replace that piece, but at least for what he did at the plate and on the field, I think this is a good space for Alex Anthopoulos because he doesn't not necess- he doesn't necessarily have to go out to the market to replace Ozzy, right? So I think that still puts him in a good position, especially if you are of the mindset that if there's a piece that AA would like to add at or before the trade deadline, that might still be better served with adding someone to the pitching rotation versus having to maybe go out and seek somebody to replace Albies at, at second base because you could probably do this by committee with what you have in-house or or maybe going down to the farm system just to see, just to see if there's anybody who could give some relief. But I believe Anthopolis is always a guy who is masterful at figuring these things out. So I don't doubt that he, he has a plan in place. And it's a 60-day IL that's still a long time, so to speak. That's still two months, but you never know. You never know because certainly he could come off the IL sooner rather than later, and that's that's what we hope for. No doubt about it. And with Albies going on the sixty uh, injured list, they did bring up um, veteran um, utility infielder Phil Gosling from Triple yes. Gwinnett. So um, in response to that, to bringing him for that roster spot, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's very interesting that you brought you know, you mentioned. Uh, Ozuna and Duvall because mm-hmm. Ozuna is a guy we know what Duvall is doing. He's actually yeah. been, he's all he's all in Florida. You know he can ride through all the little hoods in Florida. You know screaming Duvall. Yeah. You know I've been t- kind of tweeting that out when he, when he goes yard. So uh-huh. um, I, I think we could continue to expect those same things from him. But you know Ozuna has been struggling, mm-hmm. and I think that mm-hmm. there's a little irony in there, right? You know when you see him go yard in the third inning uh, last night, hitting the two run home run. And you start to see him get a little bounce around on his little home run try. And, and then Ozzy going down, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, Ozuna, Ozone, um, you, this is what we're going to need to see from you because yes. of what is what, what, um, what eventually went down. And I, I, mm-hmm. I think that I, I think it's okay to expect that because, like yes. I said, the Braves are – I've been coining the murderer's row. I know it's been used before with that team up in – up there at the top of the top of the uh, United States, right there. I ain't gonna say him because you know I don't mess with them people like that um, up there. Um, the place with the boroughs, yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, um, <laughs> now Tanitra is a fan of, of the, that team, so sure that's am. Why I'm messing with her. Yeah, that's yep. why she's cheesing right now. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that if I think that's the kind of answer to the question, right? You know, who's gonna fill that void? Adam yeah. Duvall, mm-hmm. you know, Marcelo Zuna, if they can continue from the at the plate to continue to do what they're doing, I think mm-hmm. you still would be missed, obviously, because he's yeah, a, no an excellent defender. Yes. Um, but yeah. you know, but I think that at the plate, that that production and what they've been able to do to be mm-hmm. on a twelve game winning streak. Yeah. My goodness, I I think the Braves are are, are prime. I think they're prepared as as much as you can be when you lose a mm-hmm. guy like this. Yeah, and when you think about the fact that. The Braves are right there with their 89 home runs, right there with the Yankees uh, that are have 98 home runs. <laughs> hey, look, they're they're both my one A and my one B, and I ain't apologizing. So everybody, back up. All good. Okay. I'll let you slide. Only you. <laughs> yeah. Only you. <laughs> but that's something to say that they are right there with the Yankees in being first in first place and having the most home runs in the NL in the National League, and then being number two in the majors overall, 
Reason right. being, this wasn't a conversation you could necessarily have a week, two, well, we'll say two, three, four weeks ago. So just knowing that they're trending up, and we talked about it yesterday, how we're seeing runners in scoring position actually score runs. So yeah. when you talk yeah. about it that way, that's when it gets exciting. And like you said, these what they're doing, a 12-game win streak, something that you haven't seen from the Braves since like 2013. I mean, it's been almost a decade, and then it's been over two decades since you've seen them uh, maybe win like, 15 in a row, if you will. And they are approaching that, right? Especially mm-hmm. when you think about the fact that they go from the Nats to the Cubs. So very right. possible for them to, you know, uh, meet or exceed that streak. But you also talked about the fact that there are some things that Alex Anthopoulos and uh, the Braves club organization has already done, which is also kind of indicative of what I, I said I expected them to do, which is kind of go into the tool chest of what they have in the farm system first before right. going out to the market and maybe just leaving the market for pitchers. But one other thing that I thought was so indicative because we talk about where this team is and what is it about this team that's starting to gel, absent of the fact that we get that some of the teams they played are subpar, I think it's also the consistency in developing that identity. And we yeah. definitely are starting to see the consistency. You talked about it when you're seeing what Adam Duvall has been doing over a stretch of time. Now we're talking you know, eight games into this uh, run that he's had, but it's that dude who's now responsible in some part for going, them going 13-3 and three since they called him up from double-A, and that is Michael Harris II, who had his first career home run last night, but also received a road curtain call from Braves fans. Yes, they are all, Braves country is all, over, all the place. over the place. Boy, man. I love it. Yeah. Yes. yes, that is, like, <laughs> I, 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 this dude, he's from here, like yes. from, from yes. Stockbridge, you know, yes. the lefty. Like, I've been reading about this cat, like, for a while, and mm-hmm. I was almost kind of a little timid about even bringing him up when they were having so many issues out in the yeah. outfield defensively. Yeah. And I was just like, man, just he's bring ready. the young kid up. I know he's yeah, in double A, I know do he doesn't play in triple A. What was that, 40 some games in double A? Mm-hmm. That's all he played. And I was just like, all right, I understand, but man, this dude is an absolute talent. Marquise Grissom tabbed this guy a long time ago, and he's been working with him. And we know what Marquise Grissom means to the city of Atlanta when yes. you're talking about what he was able to accomplish as a player. Mm-hmm. And when when former players tab young guys, yes. pay attention because they know exactly what they're looking at, and they know exactly what they, you know, or they know what they see when when it when it comes to establishing and looking at talent it's like okay mm-hmm. all right this kid got something and he, yes. he has definitely proved that ever since like you said part of this winning streak you know being mm-hmm. on it and being out in center field and i think he's locked in out there and he's he's the guy that is, has made this team so deep right you know yes. whether or not to put duval in left field mm-hmm. or you know see ozuna down and put Contreras at dh you know they he has just really been a godsend for the Atlanta Braves as far as locking in that center fielder for the mm-hmm. next how many every years like he yes. wants to play because it seems like this the, the Braves got them one and just to be, be able to do something on the opposite team like even with yeah. the, when they were out there with yeah. the Rockies like you right. heard the chants going on right. out there and I'm just like, hey, the world, like, like this is it kind of bring me back to the 90s, T, yeah. you know, like, like, tell, like, like, this is my first t- team I was a fan of for, as far as the Braves go. You know, baseball is my first sport. So, you know, when I see 
you know, signs of, you know, things that used to be go down back then, back in the day. Like <laughs> I get excited. I started feeling a little nostalgic for me and to have these young brothers out here and, mm -hmm. you know, Acuna and, and Michael Harris just establishing a certain type of culture, right? Because we've right. had these conversations before. It's just, you know, Freddie Freeman was the leader in the clubhouse and he established and set the tone mm -hmm. for that clubhouse. And I think now we're starting to see it with, you know, Ronald Cunha just out here just putting on a performance in, you know, every game and, and, and everybody just following his lead and then have all these young guys out here doing their thing. I think the Braves are in good shape. And like yeah. I said, and for those who don't know, they did win nine to five and they <laughs> continue to streak 12 games, but, and they will be continue trying to continue the streak tonight at seven Oh five first pitch. And guess who's on the mound? Max free. How about that? So yeah, the ACE, the ACE is coming to the mound and we'll see if the Braves can continue that streak and mm -hmm. not have any uh, remnants of, of being down about, I got Isaac being out for, um, for the, for the for the next couple of months or so, at least the mm -hmm. next couple of months, and yeah. we can uh, see if they can continue to keep this thing going. And speaking of keeping it going, the Atlanta Falcons are back at it. Mandatory yeah. minis, it is going down. T. Mm -hmm. When you think about you know what, where the Falcons are, there are a lot of questions that have been coming yeah. into yeah. you know as far as whether the offensive line, running back, and who's mm -hmm. going to show up, who's not going to show up. You know, Cordell Patterson, you know. Uh, has shown up, but you know, he, you know, Arthur Smith was like, Hey, you know, he's a vet, we know what to expect from him. He's gonna, um, you know, not have to participate in practice, but yeah. it's good to see that you know, mostly everybody's gonna be there, and yes. and, and the Falcons are gonna be able to get maybe get some stuff done up in Flowery Branch. Yeah, that's exciting. And listen, we know that Cordero Patterson is the person who goes at 110 miles an hour. Even right. in the practice, we've seen it for ourselves and we can tell you that this, yeah, this is definitely just a precautionary measure because he goes so hard, even at practice, that Arthur Smith just wants him to be at his best. And that can be accomplished at training camp. You don't need to. There's no real new installations as far as offense is concerned, maybe a few wrinkles here and there, but he knows the offense. So, hey, him not being him being physically there, but not on the field. Jarvis and I, yeah, not worried about that, right? Not to Good. worry at all. And we'll continue this conversation as far as what's going on up at Flowery Branch tomorrow. Because, hey, we know y'all know how we get down. We we're out there. We're doing our thing. We're covering this thing. We're giving you everything you need to know. And we will continue to give you everything you need to know. Yep. The Atlanta Hawks are all in the news. Yeah. It's summertime. <laughs> Travis Slank got decisions to make. They made, you know, Landry Fields the general manager. What does that actually mean? More eyeballs on who to bring in, who to get rid of, who to trade, who to sign. We'll discuss all that next right here on ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra Batiste. That is Jarvis Davis. And we appreciate you guys for stopping by and checking us out on YouTube as our subscribers. The number continues to grow. We're now over 1,700, so keep that coming for the Locked On Sports Network here in Atlanta. And as always, subscribe and like, follow us, and let us know what you think about the show. And do that on the platforms where you get your podcasts as well, because, hey, you give us a five-star review, and that's going to make other people want to stop by and say, hmm, wonder what this ATL Day Ones is all about. So appreciate you guys again for sticking with us and always appreciate the opportunity to talk about things that are going on 
multiple tentacles in the water, mm-hmm. layers to this and all of that, right? We, we bring that to you guys each and every day when that happens. And it's interesting because as excited as we are about the Braves and as intrigued as we are about the Falcons, sometimes we really don't know what it's going to look like with the Hawks from day to day and all of the fodder out there. So let's kind of start right there, Jarvis, because again, so many layers to peel off. I just want to give you the high level of it. And then we want to talk about it because it's just so much. It's a lot. So let's start with what's going on outside the off, out, off the court, if you will, that's going to then dictate potentially what happens on the court. We found out yesterday that, hey, it's good to be Landry Fields right about now because right. After serving for just a couple of years as an assistant GM for the Hawks, of course, he was previously in the front office with the Knicks and Spurs, but as a, an assistant GM with the Hawks for two years, now he has been promoted to GM by Travis Schlink, who, of course, is the president of basketball operations, but also it's still served in that GM capacity this last year. And you like what Landry Field brings, Fields brings to the table because he has been with an organization like the Knicks and, hey, no offense, but and seeing how it can go wrong. But he's also yep. been with an organization like the Spurs who've gotten it right for decades, if you will. Yes. And now he's able to kind of take that coupled with his experience as a player in the league and maybe give an even more uh, unique or layered or textured eye to what is going to be ultimately maybe the Hawks' most important offseason to date, right? Yeah. So. So I, I, yeah, I think I think that's the that's the perfect place to start, right? Because when you think about it, like you know, Travis Slank has been at it for you know a few years now, with you know it being as running this organization and making mm-hmm. those those executive decisions, and now I think that you have an official, like he's got like you said, he's been an assistant general manager, so he's already been in the building. But I think that for him to add that title to there that that means like he's gonna have just a little bit more say like a little bit more input of course Travis Lane's gonna make the final decision no doubt about it but I think that like having a different set of eyeballs on on, on a situation is is gonna yeah. do nothing but help this organization right because like you said this is super duper Cooper Cooper important right you know yeah. this is probably one of the most important off seasons mm-hmm. that Travis has ever seen you know as, as a professional because this is a make or break right you know yeah. this is a make or break you know uh, year because like you had yeah. the run to the Eastern Conference Finals you barely get into the playoffs that you had to go through the, the hard way you know the play-in tournament mm-hmm. last year and right. you came to the conclusion that Hey, this roster is not built to win in the playoffs. Right. You, know, yeah. you know, so we have to make changes. Like, and the only person that's probably safe is Trey Young. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, that, that's agreed. an indictment on how you built this team, right? Yeah. You know, and and now it's kind of like, all right, now we got to figure out what pieces to move, mm-hmm. what guys gonna go, who's expendable, who's not. Right. You know, and I think that when you're in that situation, it, it always helps to have a trained eye. And I think Landry yeah. Fields is that guy because yeah. he's 33 years old. Like I say, he's a former NBA player. Um, and he's he's been in organizations where, hey, this is what not to do. And mm-hmm. he's been in organizations where, hey, this is how you do it. This is how you keep a job for 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, in, in one organization, you know, and, yeah. and being up under Greg Popovich. So I think right now, in in this in this moment you know in this space i think that this is this is good for the hawks this is something right. that is going to help them move forward and and travis schlank is, is going to help him stick around for maybe the next decade or so because it could. if the right decisions are made 
something is something can be really special brewing down here in Atlanta. Yeah, and one thing that Landry Fields will have to consider is not just who's going to be available in free agency or the draft, but how do you take the pieces that you already have within the Hawks organization and start to move those pieces around and whether or not there are things that complicate those decisions like Bogdan Bogdanovich and where his health is and how that might impact the ability to use him as a trade piece, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and and we know, you know, taking nothing away from Jalen Johnson and the fact that he underwent a non-surgical procedure as well in the offseason. He had some tendonitis that was bothering him in his left knee, but we know that the real emphasis on what the Hawks announced today was Bogey's injury, undergoing surgery for that bothersome right patella tendon right. that was really causing all that knee inflammation that we saw kept him you know, giving us ebbs and flows throughout, especially throughout the postseason. Play, yeah. So mm-hmm. for me, that kind of made me, and not that we didn't know that was coming, but now that it's been formally announced, that made me think, ooh, how does that really affect some of what's going to happen and, and the possibility of him being a moving part? Although he hasn't been the number one moving part that's been discussed, but he's definitely been one of the top moving parts for the Hawks. No doubt about it, because like when you look at his contract, it's not that bad. You know, it's right. a, it's a contract that most teams who are contenders will be willing to t- um, take on, even mm-hmm. if they aren't contenders, they'd be willing right. to take on. Yes. You know, yeah. um, so because it's short term, it's a short term contract. Mm-hmm. You know, right. um, I have a couple of years, I believe, um, mm-hmm. off the top of my head, that he yeah. has left on it. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, you, so when you think about that, like, you know that with. Even with the dealing with the injury, Bob Bo was still solid. Yeah. You know, he was still oh, yeah, solid. Yeah. Even yeah, when yeah, he was dealing moment. with the injury, yeah, he still had some some solid moments, and especially in, specifically in the fourth quarter. And that's what you know you look for when you're trying mm-hmm. to find that piece to help either add to a young locker room or add to you know a contending locker room. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think that there's still some value there. And I think that his name has been thrown around, and another name that's been thrown around is John Collins. John Collins, yeah. Oh my goodness! I, and I, I'm not gonna get into all of them, but I, but right. I think just overall looking at all of mm-hmm. the rumors and everything like that, it just yeah. it seems like to me, T, yeah, that the Hawks want to be in that lottery, right? They want to be in that, be be able to pick in the lottery and trade up. And use John Collins as a trade up piece to kind of get, mm-hmm. I guess, get some younger, cheaper talent, right? Yeah. Somebody who can contend. But my whole thing with that is like, is Nate McMillan gonna play them? Play, right. play, play the guy. Right. Because Jalen Johnson, yeah, he had the surgery, but I don't know what I got in Jalen. I mean, I saw right. some some flashes, like yeah. you saw something there, but yeah, because you only know... got to see him in flashes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you don't necessarily really know how to assess him to yeah. even even consider whether or not you move him or not like you got to right. keep him around because you don't know what you necessarily really have so yeah and I, 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 yeah good i just thought when i saw some of those rumors that were tied to a trade of john collins to move up in the draft that one for me is probably the one and hey look you and i could be having this conversation in a few weeks and i could be dead wrong mm-hmm. but this organization has put itself in position. And I always use Clint Capella as the example. Yes, he was maybe not the top, top tier, but he was right there at the top tier in terms of free agents that were available, although they got him in February and weren't able to play him for the rest of that season. But look how that turned out. 
to me, that sets the stage for saying that free agents are willing to come here and that if you come here, you're going to be definitely treated right and you're going to be given the opportunities that you hope for. So to me, the NBA is rarely built up from like the draft board, right? A right. lot of it is free agent it's acquisition. combination of a lot of things, agent. right? Yeah, it's free agent movement, signing trades. And so those rumors to me just make a little bit more sense. Again, I could be shocked because when you start looking at one, I think one report that we saw, for example, said that there was talk about Capella, Collins, Herder, and the 16th pick being you know, sent over to uh, Utah, if you will. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, we would we'd be interested in Rudy Gobert, but yeah, that's giving up a whole heck of a lot. Or like the one that really made me cringe was the one where it's talking about giving up J.C. Dre and the 16th overall pick and a future round pick for Gobert and Bajan Bogdanovich. And I was like, yeah, no. But no, no. for me, it was really the, the bottom line was you look at those three pieces and it just makes you ask the question of, wow, things just got a little more interesting because now we know for sure there's going to be a different leader, sort of, so to speak, leading the charge. We now have confirmation that Bogey has had that surgery on that knee. So it was as kind of dire as we thought it was because, I mean, surgery was needed. And now you're bantering around so many different options as far as trade goes. Where will this team actually land as it relates to what they need to do to look like the contender that they need to be to reset to become that contender next season. So speaking of resetting, there was a team, there is a team that reset and looks like they finally might be getting it together to be on the cusp of one of those GOAT conversations that is actually a valid GOAT conversation. So we will talk about that and some other things. And if you want to know what those other things are about in our intersection of sports, entertainment, and the culture, come back for it on the other side. It's ATL Day Ones. We will see you on the other side. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to say thank you for continuing to rock with us throughout the entire show. We really, yeah. really appreciate you for that. And also, Remember, 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 you can download us wherever you get your podcast. You know, for those who are watching us on YouTube, we thank you as well. But, you know, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you go and leave a five star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance because we know you're going to do it because you all always do what we ask you to do. That's why we're at over 1700 subscribers and pushing for 2000. We're trying to get there before. July 26th, because we know it's going down when the Falcons report for training camp. That's just <laughs> what we do right here on the show. But, T, this is For the Culture. Yes, it is. And it is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes wherever the heck we want to talk about it. That's <laughs> how we get down. That's just what we do. And today is a pretty... You know, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty special day because, you know, as you all know, Tanitra is a super duper uber fan of the Chicago Bulls. And it is the 25th anniversary of the game winning shot for the Bulls that when they, they won their fifth championship against the Utah Jazz. This is the famous kickout shot. This is the shot that I was praying that it did not go in. Yeah, I used to pray for stuff like that back in the day. Yeah, I've grown since then. So just for, just so you know, I've evolved as a Christian. <laughs> so uh, T, I think this is one of the thing, those things that uh, it was like 
one of those moments, right? Because if you grow up being a fan in the NBA and and, and just kind of looking at how things went down for, for Steve Kerr, and it's just – I find it interesting that today that, you know, um, the results last night kind of spoke to what we're potentially coming up upon for the Golden State Warriors and them getting the yes. win last night. And just like I mentioned, my boy, Clay Thompson – he out here talking about, hey, man, I'm just trying to friggin' win. Right. He did exactly what he yes. needed to do yes. in order for the Golden State Warriors to friggin' get a win. <laughs> he absolutely did. He did. And and also we talked about, we, we talked about X Factors before, one of your X Factors when we talked about the the uh, the Warriors, if you will, was Andrew Wiggins. And he really did show up and show out last night. And we even talked man. about uh, Marcus man. Smart being an X Factor for the Celtics. And hey. He was when he needed to be in that third quarter. Unfortunately, he was a part of the unraveling of the Celtics in that fourth quarter with that yes. technical. It, it just did not go well. But mm-hmm. ultimately speaking, we still feel like, you know, it still feels like a pick'em series. I would not doubt if there is a game seven at all. But on the same token, we called out an X factor of mentality and whose mentality was going to take them where they needed to be. And I saw something in the eyes of the Warriors at the end of that third quarter, and particularly the beginning of the fourth quarter that said, we're winning this game. Like, we're not going back to Boston down 3-2. We're going back to Boston up 3-2, the end. And as soon as you saw that mindset, coupled with the fact that you get a Jordan Poole buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter. But if you think that the guy who is orchestrating it all is a bad, bad man, if you think he's a bad, bad man, on the sidelines that, that won Steve Kerr, he was a bad, bad man on the court as well. And Despise some of you, you know, that guy. Damn, well, he's yeah, always be love for me. In yeah, fact, right. you know, I saw, I met him uh, for the first time a couple years ago, and I was like, "Is it you?" And he was like, "So." <laughs> so we were both on Rodeo Drive at like the, and they they happened to be playing the Lakers, but it was he had come in a day early or whatever. But anywho. Mm-hmm. I say that to say good guy always at the forefront of social justice issues and just as nice in person as you see the guy, you know, at the podium, if you will. But for me, he will always have a special place because I remember, uh, you know, just betting, talking around, playing around with friends and somebody was just determined that, you know, Utah was going to win it after they taken game one. It's like, yeah, they're going to get it in. It's like, something must be wrong with you. And he was like, how much do you believe that? Oh, I believe it enough to get a ticket and go check it out because I'm going to see them win in game six. I had never been to Chicago, (laughs) didn't know anybody in Chicago, didn't have a ticket, by the way, just Uh got on a flight and flew to Chicago for the day and said, I'm going to see this game. And I just went to someone and I was like, how do I get a Bulls ticket? Because I'm going to see them win a championship tonight. Wow, that's amazing. And got in that building and literally Chicago will always get love for me because it was standing room only at that time, just like the Hawks started doing, you know, for right. this, nice. uh, this season. And I was in standing room only and ended up getting a seat. People took care of me. I had food. I, I made fast friends. And we could see Jordan having a conversation with Steve Kerr. And it turns out that conversation was him saying, you know, I'm going to kick the ball out to you, right? And you, you better hit that shot. So that was wow. all orchestrated and expected. But and for to, those who didn't see it, Tanitra showed the that. ticket stub yes, for being at the game. So she's not flexing. 
no. or, or putting on or capping, no. however you young folks talk nowadays. Yeah. Man, that I just said that. Ugh. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, she showed the ticket stuff for yeah. her being at the game. But yeah, that that is super, 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 super it, it cool was, because to be in one of those and, moments. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those where I, I tell you, it still ranks right up there as maybe the number one experience of my entire life. It was just, and, and that's one of those things where I hope for the sports fan because Jarvis and I are here on ATL Day Ones. We are still sports fans. And we appreciate sports at the end of the day. I hope that each and every person can have that kind of amazing experience, just like the amazing experience you have every time you stop by ATL Day Ones as your first stop on the Locked On Sports Network. But we hope you also have an amazing time when you check out A to Z with Mark Zeno, because you should check that out each and every day as well. So come back and join us tomorrow. As always, we will be talking all things Sports Atlanta. You guys be safe because it is hot in these ATL streets today. Y'all come back now you're here. Please turn on the AC. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.